Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 367 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, here as always with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hi, Sarah. So if you are listening to this on the day it drops, it is the last day of May, which feels like uh, it is about to be summer. Yeah. (laughs) What happened? (laughs) One of my children is born June 1st, and then we always get out of school. It seems like the very, very beginning of June. In fact, Reed has had the last day of school be on his birthday or the day after his birthday or, you know, something like that several different years. So, um We're talking about summer today, not surprisingly, but we are tapping into the wisdom of our community and talking about really simple summer rituals, traditions, family fun activities um, that anybody can do. And this is all the wisdom of our community, Megan. It's not even your ideas or mine today. No, I know. I'd love that we're going to highlight some ideas because they are truly simple and like really accessible, I guess is the word I'm looking at. Like no matter what kind of community you live in or what your daily schedule is like or whatever, I think there's something that's accessible for you here. And a lot of it is also one of my favorite things was a lot of it is like kind of mom directed. So it makes, it has kind of the, um, it, it has the perception to the children that they're choosing, but <laughs> actually mom is totally in control of the choices that are being offered, which I also love. I love that too. And I actually think if we thought about all our summer content over the years and all of like, what is the essence of the mom hour summer? It is like that mom calculus that makes family life fun and seem spontaneous and carefree and let's go get ice cream. But there's like a layer of intentionality behind it that also preserves mom's sanity, right? Like summer has so many opportunities to relax schedules and structure. And we've talked about that so many times on the show. Um, But I think you and I have both learned over the years that like a little bit of planning or a little bit of an intentionality um, can be good for the whole unit. 
Yeah, Sarah, it reminds me of when my kids were old enough to be in the backyard without me, um, that they for years did not know that ice cream was something that could be eaten inside the house. Because one of our traditions or rituals was when I was having like a little afternoon mom meltdown, kind of hitting that low energy time of the day, it was time for us to all run out and get ice cream or for me to bust ice cream out of the freezer if I was smart and prepared. And then the kids had to eat it outside. And I went and laid down and put my feet up in the quiet. Which was great. So it was like a total win-win. They were so excited. They got ice cream. I was so excited. They got quiet time. It's like the mashup of a sweet family ritual along with like a secret house rule or a secret like mom, you know, mom's rule. Um, Well, as we often do, we posted this to our Facebook group. Facebook community is a really fun place to get a ton of ideas and comments. I would really encourage those of you who aren't in the Facebook group, if you're ever on Facebook, come and join us there. I actually do not use Facebook at all personally anymore and haven't for like a year and a half, maybe two years. Um, But I just have a bookmark right to our group. And so I go in there and I'll link up this thread because we're going to talk about a lot of these sweet summer rituals and traditions today, but we can't possibly get to them all. And Megan, there were so many good ones. So we will link that up and you can go read everybody's ideas, you know, simple is the key word. And so there's a lot of recurring themes around eating ice cream, staying up late, watching fireworks. But what I really appreciated is really hearing the unique and the specificity about how each family like has made these simple things into either a once a summer tradition or a weekly ritual or whatever. It was just made me feel like so happy and wholesome reading through all these. Yeah, I agree. It was really fun. And and I always just love hearing how people do things in their households and getting a little, like a little snapshot of what that family's life was like. And so we have some fun ideas to share with you. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code MOMHOUR5050 at factormeals.com slash MOMHOUR50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product, Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer 
and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. All right, Megan. So as we said, we got uh, ideas from moms of kids of all ages, from baby all the way up through big kids and teens. And we're kind of all over the map here. I just thought it would be fun to go back and forth and spotlight some of these great summer rituals and traditions. So where do you want to start? Well, I'm going to start with Courtney because um, Courtney's idea um, very much embodies what I was saying before, where it's like the idea is the kids get a choice, but actually mama's kind of (laughs) has some control of the choices. So Courtney says they do at least a few child's choice days in their house where the kids nine and 11 get to choose from a list of fun activities like cookie baking, pedicures, board games, et cetera. Um, but then what I love is she says the day can be as simple or as complex as mom has bandwidth for yeah. and adds a fun twist to summer break. So I'm going to assume, Courtney, that on days when you're really feeling like you, you're rocking it, and you've got all kinds of energy um, or time that that list might have options on it that wouldn't appear on days when Courtney just needs a little bit of a break. Right. So I love that because it's still fun to choose. Like it's still great. If you're a kid, it's still so exciting to feel like you're in the, in the driver's seat and that you get to choose. But maybe some days those choices are, you know, get out a frozen cookie dough log and slice them yeah. <laughs> and slice them, um, for, you know, instead of like anything that's a little more taxing. The other thing I love that this does for Courtney or anybody is allow you to say no when kids are asking to do some of these fun things on like a regular old day where you might be working or they might be in camp. So I could definitely see myself being like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to get out that project today, but let's save that for our special choice day or whatever. So I love it. Yeah, I love it, too. Um, Well, I'm going to spotlight Melissa, who has a great tradition that I would maybe like to steal this one. Um, And it has to do with summer solstice. I really love the idea of solstice. I think I've talked about it before. I'm really intrigued by winter solstice rituals as well. So she says, I was looking for new traditions to start when my husband and I got married. And I found this every summer solstice, we eat dinner outside. Even when it's raining, we find a covered patio. 15 years going strong and the kids now think it's pretty fun. And she says, the converse is every winter solstice, we turn off all the lights in the house and eat dinner by candlelight. I love this because you're going to eat dinner anyway. It's likely going to be patio weather anyway on June 21st or 22nd. There is something about natural seasons and the meteorological seasons that to me feels like a ritual. And um, it's, it's really simple. So I can't remember what I think I did something with my kids last year on summer solstice, but now I really want to. Oh, no, it was winter solstice. We did something on winter solstice this year, and I'd really like to I don't kind of borrow this from Melissa. So I loved that one. Yeah, there's something really genius about making something that you were going to do anyway, that's going to happen anyway, like special, because there's really not any 
additional work on mom's part. It's like slapping a special fun label on something that's just going to happen anyway. And that's just genius. Um, Okay. So this next one I have, I love this one from Kristen because it's so um, geographically or like regionally specific, which I think can make anything fun, especially if, if the area that you live in, like the area I live in has really big um, swings in weather or Mm -hmm. food that you can access or things that you can do during the summer that are very different and like what you have access to, what activities or weather or foods that you might be able to get during the summer than other times of year. I also love this because you could also incorporate other people's regional traditions into your own like vacations. So say someone was to go here. So um, Kristen lives in coastal Massachusetts and she says the kids and that they do berry picking strawberries and blueberries. And I love this. She and her mom started doing a tour of lobster rolls. So this started a few summers ago when she was on maternity leave and now it's continued as much as they can every Friday in the summer. So like, I love that because I feel like if I was visiting that area, I feel like I would want to start doing a lobster roll tour as well. I love it. When we were in Rhode Island last summer, um, Reed discovered lobster rolls and I think unofficially did his own lobster roll tour of coastal Rhode Island. Um, We actually got quite a few of these rituals that sort of centered around like taste testing or comparing, um, you know, ice cream parlors in town or coffee shops in town. So I think the, the ages my kids are right now is actually really fun for that kind of thing. Cause they're very into, I don't know, assessing, judging, ranking, you know, <laughs> so judgy. I, you yes. could do that with anything. You could be like, we're going to try every pizza parlor in town this summer. So I love that you brought that one up. And I don't know that I've ever eaten a lobster roll. Have you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're actually, they're, they're often found at weirdly like places you wouldn't expect, like places that aren't near a place that would sell lobster. <laughs> like how did um, the lobster get here? <laughs> right. I don't want to think about it too hard, but they are, deli- they're very refreshing. I like them a lot. Nice. Okay. Well, here's a very simple one from Laura who she says, we're a two full-time working parent household with a two and a four-year-old. We started this as soon as the weather got nice. We look at the forecast each week and pick one night a week to have a picnic. We live minutes from a state park and we go straight from daycare pickup. It's such a relaxing evening with no cooking and minimal cleanup. So she says no cooking. I am assuming either she's packing a simple picnic or even picking up takeout. You could do either one. I also love looking at the forecast. It reminded me of you, Megan, because like where I live, the weather just doesn't change very much. But we know like Midwest summers, um, you can have thunderstorms, you can have like all kinds of different things. So I just love that it's combining that thing they're doing anyway, picking up littles from daycare, no dishes, no cleanup, no cooking, um, and making use of that state park nearby. So I love it. Super simple. Well, this is one that I think is really smart. Um, it's from Megan and it's basically like a sneaky way to get your kids to exercise and get out some of their energy by calling it something (laughs) fun. (laughs) So she says one, and I also love this. She says one that my kids used to enjoy and may still tolerate this year. So she acknowledges that sometimes traditions don't last forever and they can be very, you know, age specific, but it's the 10 o'clock mile. So at 10 AM daily, and I'm not sure where they live, um, weather wise, like, you know, when it starts to get really hot there, but she says they hop on scooters, rollerblades, or they walk the one mile loop in the back section of their neighborhood. It gets everyone up and out for a little exercise and fresh air before it gets too hot. And I can imagine in some areas that would look more like the 7 a.m. Uh-huh. mile or maybe the night before. 
like the 2 a.m. mile, maybe in some families, um, that would be more of a winter activity or a spring activity. But I just love the idea because, you know, sometimes a day starts to get away from you. And if you don't get something like that in early, it may not happen. I love that for a couple of reasons. 10 o'clock is that if you if you let kids sleep in or kind of have like a slow start to the day in the summer, 10 o'clock might be when you're starting to get that itchy mom feeling where you're like, okay, like people need to at least be wearing a bare minimum amount of clothes. Like yeah, has but anybody it's not lunchtime eaten? yet? It's so, not. Right, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and so I love that. And I'm also kind of impressed by the fact that it's a mile. I f- I'm picturing me telling my kids like, okay, we're all going to get outside and move our bodies. And I can totally see myself doing that. I think my kids would be up for a half a mile, like an amount. But I think if it was a mile, I would have some complaining. It's not that my kids can't walk a mile, but that would feel that would stretch us a bit. I think in terms of like how happy everybody would be about that. I almost wonder if you just don't tell them the first time and like work up to the mile and then be like, oh my gosh, you guys, did you know that we have been walking a mile. Now right. this is a thing we do. We walk a mile every day and they're like, whoa, whoa. I don't know. They're, I think sometimes it is the way something is sold. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. To them. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, Laura says my husband's job makes it hard for him to take more than a few days of vacation at a time in this season of life where we aren't going far and avoiding crowds anyway. He'll take a random day off midweek and we'll go on a day trip. I'm a teacher, so I'm off in the summer anyway. He's less stressed going back to just a day or two of work on his desk and we still get some fun in all together. Okay. This is like, this makes Sarah's calendar planning heart so happy because just this is your public service reminder that we, you don't have to take vacations or vacation days or PTO like everybody else takes them. It's all so Mm. arbitrary. So um, of course it requires certain types of jobs and certain types of flexibility to be able to do that. But thinking about how your family might take quote time off together might just take a little bit of creativity and thinking ahead. So also because I am a huge fan of avoiding crowds, this one just made me so happy. She just acknowledges this is not the season of life where we're doing week long vacations or, or stressful weekend, like trying to cram it all in a weekend. So I love the idea of a midweek day off and a day trip. So love it. Okay. Well, this is also one where I feel like I wish I'd been this smart, like this strategically smart, um, Melissa, and this is a very simple thing. She says her local frozen yogurt shop offers free frozen yogurt to kids under 12 every Friday. So they just go there every Friday and it's frozen yogurt Friday. I mean, it's kind of genius because she just used an offer. They're already like, (laughs) it's just, it's, it's like a thing that became a thing because this shop is offering it for free. Yeah. And I don't know that I was ever like that. Um, yeah, just strategic about things like that. Like I always felt like I'd be like, oh, wow, wait, what? There's a free deal yeah. today. Cool. But I wasn't like, OK, now let's come back next week and take advantage. again. if you get thoughtful, there's a lot of places that offer um, free things for kids on certain days, like free concerts on certain days or free museum entries on certain days. And that could become the basis for a really budget friendly tradition. Yeah, it makes me think that like there's so much um, probably local like blog content in your town around this time of year. That's like I remember it from when I was in Scottsdale, like places kids eat free in the Phoenix area or like summer concert series. Oh, the summer movies were a big thing in Phoenix because it's so hot. So it's almost like you need that day where you print it all out or you dump it all in a Google document and kind of look at it. Um, and then, you know, you don't have to micromanage your summer. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do all the things, but having it all in one place would exactly what you said, Megan, allow you to like pick a thing 
and then anchor the rest of your fun Friday or your the rhythm of your week around that thing. Also saves a, a little bit of money. If you're getting free frozen yeah. yogurt, that adds up over the course of the summer. Well, I have a simple one from Amanda who wrote, we make a bucket list of parks within a 20 to 30 minute drive from our house. And on Fridays, we get donuts and meet friends at a different park in the morning before it gets too hot. So again, super simple. Anybody can do this. Um, Here's what I like about it. That's a little bit of a stretch from maybe what I would have done. 20 to 30 minutes is a wider radius than my typical playground days when I was taking kids to the playground a lot. So that allows you to probably see some parks that you wouldn't normally see during the school year or just like give you a little bit of time in the car. You can listen to some music, put on an audiobook. I think that's a nice drive time um, that's a, probably a little different than your drives around town. Um, but the other thing is the meeting up with friends. Sometimes it takes like one mom in a group of friends to seriously just publish a schedule by text or email and be like, hey, here's where we'll be on Fridays Mm -hmm. for the next few weeks. And you'd be surprised at how people might just be like, oh, thank goodness. We were looking for something to do. Um, My friend Myra, who I think listens to the podcast still, uh, one summer was like, hey, our community pool, the kids and I will be there at 11 o'clock every Thursday, whatever it was anyone's welcome. There was no coordinating after that. We didn't have to let her know we were coming. There was no potluck. There was no, it was so simple, but she decided where she and her kids would be every week. And then just threw it out to people. Like if you need something to do, or if you want to swim, here's where we'll be. So it, it really can be simplified to that level. And I think in this time when a lot of us are still figuring out how to build and rebuild community, make friends. I just think there's a lot of good stuff in this very simple thing from Amanda. I love it. Well, we talked a little bit about planning and Sarah, I know that you have always been a little bit more of an intentional, I don't know, like calendar based planner than me, but Emily's idea is the kind of thing I could really get behind. And that is just to basically make a summer wish list of all the fun things you want to do by the end of the summer and then stick it on the fridge. And we had another suggestion someplace in here. Um, and I, oh, it was Lisa said she starts the summer by drawing. Everyone draws on a poster their summer wishes. Either way, it's a visual that mm. ends up in a place where you can see it. And it might include really simple things like sleepovers or fun treat outings, she says. Maybe some goals like learn how to cook eggs. Um, and this year, a new addition is that each kid will go on an errand all by themselves for the first time. And you know that that is right at the heart of my independence, yeah. <laughs> independence training for kids. But she says she, it really helps give some loose structure to those open-ended days. And I think that when you have something like that posted where you can just see it, it really like reminds you that the time is going by and yeah. that these are some things you said you wanted to do. It doesn't mean you have to get everything on the calendar necessarily. And you know what? Maybe you'll get to the end of the summer and some of them won't have happened because they were a little ambitious or the kid lost you know, interest maybe or something else came up. But just having some kind of a visual to remind you, like, this was something we wanted to do can get can be just really helpful when you have time to fill. I agree. And I also have at least one child who kind of has a bottomless capacity for fun things and can tend toward I'm not going to say like ungrateful because I think kids are on their own journey to getting that perspective. But like, what fun have you given me lately, mom? Kind of. Yeah. So I yeah. think having that visual works in both ways, the looking forward and the identifying things we want to do, but also saying, look what we've done. Look what well, we did this thing. Yes. Quit your complaining. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And like just a reminder of, of, you know, how much, how much fun we've had, simple, big stuff and small stuff. So I love that. 
We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. We are welcoming back Ritual as a sponsor today. Megan, we both try to make healthy choices, but you know, sometimes it's tricky to sort through fact and fiction when it comes to supplements and vitamins to figure out just what they're doing for us. That's why I'm glad Ritual keeps studying their products and sharing the results, especially as it relates to women, since women are the focus of all Ritual's products, including the Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. And the results are super reassuring. Just as an example, Ritual conducted a university-led clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin, and it was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin is made with high-quality and traceable key nutrients in clean, bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients in two capsules per day. Plus, they are leading the industry when it comes to sustainability. They use lower carbon packaging and prioritize sustainably sourced ingredients. That kind of thoughtfulness really matters to me. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash the mom hour. Start Ritual or add the Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash the mom hour for 25% off. Okay. Well, continuing with the theme of giving something a name that actually just makes your life easier as a mom, Hillary uh, has discovered and is gifting us all the gift of wagon picnics. I love this so much. (laughs) So she says, occasionally on summer evenings, we have what I call wagon picnics. I'll put my daughters age five and two in the wagon, pack PB&Js and goldfish crackers or something similar and super simple. Then we walk around the neighborhood. They're happy and contained in the wagon, and I get to get in some exercise. The best part is that when we get home, we can just move on to the bedtime routine because dinner is done. I mean, there's really, there's nothing more genius. Like, that's it. That's it's so So she's good. basically just like, here, have some snacks yeah. while I pull you in a wagon, but we're going to call it a thing, and now that's dinner. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. It reminds me of um, the next one I had picked to talk about, which is from Cambry. And Cambry says, we go on a lot of bedtime walks where I get everyone in pajamas and throw them all in the wagon for a quick walk before bed. I feel like the, the, when I finally discovered the joy of putting like a baby in their pajamas and then going for a walk so that Mm -hmm. if they were drowsy when you got back or maybe even asleep when you got back, 
like the magic of that and then how that can carry forward because yeah, when they're four years old and you're tugging them in a wagon, they're not probably falling asleep in the wagon, but they're just ready. Like it's a relaxing thing. You've done all the work of bedtime, like the bath and all of that stuff. They're ready. Yes. And then you get to go on a little stroll. And when you get back, it's like, it's really time for bed now. You know, like we did all the things and now mom doesn't have, you don't have that, um, all of that work to do now to still look forward to that part's done. You get to go have a nice little stroll. And when you get back now, we mean it. Bedtime is here. Yep. I totally love that. Um, well, Neha talked about berry picking and Megan, I have to like, I think you have to tell me about, I don't know, pick your own farm things in the summer, because as a Californian, this has not been something that I've done. I know we can pick, there are, you pick blueberry places around here, but here's what Neha says. Berry picking at a local farm is one of our summer traditions. Picking fruit has been huge as far as getting my kids to eat it. Something about pulling it right off the plant makes it more appetizing to them. We then eat them fresh, make jam, make sorbet, do blind taste tests, and think of other dishes to put them in. When we run out, we go back for more every couple weeks. Throughout the summer, we wind up with strawberries, poisonberries, raspberries, tayberries, marionberries, blackberries, and blueberries. It's fun to watch the cycle of what ripens when and what things look like when they're almost ripe and then after they're picked through. So it's like there are so many good things about this that she's Mm -hmm. talking about, nutrition and appreciation for where our food comes from and nature and buying from local farms. It's like hitting all of those sort of, I don't know, kind of aspirational things. A lot of us want to prioritize as moms, but it can be hard to figure out how. And it's so simple. So I'm a little envious, but I'm curious, Megan, if berry picking was a thing when you had a bunch of little kids in the Midwest. Yeah, I would say blueberries were typically the one that we would do because we passed a blueberry you pick place regularly. I don't remember why it was like on our route somewhere that we had time. And so it was just, I guess the point is it could be very simple. (laughs) You could just pick one fruit that you actually know your kids will eat a lot of (laughs) pick one fruit, get it. And that for whatever reason, if you have experience with it, you find that it's easy to pick. And I always found that wild or, um, farm blueberries were well, wild blueberries is a whole different thing and also very fun and easy to pick, but you don't find them everywhere. But a blueberry farm is like a really easy way to start, I think. And for whatever reason, it just happened that we were really close to one. And so we did that regularly when the kids were little. And then I know we went to a strawberry patch several times. Um, I feel like we did fall fruit too, but we weren't as ambitious. Like Neha is really ambitious here and very, it sounds like this is a thing they're doing from beginning of the summer to the end. I would say in my family, it was more like something we do twice. Yeah. And, you know, we would also go to the farm markets and buy the fruit that they had picked for us and harvested for us. So we did that, that kind of thing all the time. And when, um, and when it was like the time when the harvest was coming in and there was a huge crop, we would get a lot of it. And that's when we would do things like make jams and other kinds of concoctions. So, yeah, I think you could do that kind of thing small. And if you enjoy it, um, go bigger with it, you know, add on, add something else on. Oh, peaches too. That's a big thing around here oh, nice. to go peach picking. And there's fruit. Fe- I don't know if this is a thing where you are in California, Sarah, but there are all kinds of festivals okay. related to like fruit related festivals. I think that we have. So there's like a blueberry festival, a peach festival, you know, there are all kinds. I love it. In this area. Okay. So this one from Lauren is just great. This made me really happy. She says, without a doubt, my favorite summer activity for her crew is the solo week they each get to spend with her parents. 
One-on-one time is hard to come by with three kids and having their grandparents all to themselves for an entire week is absolutely priceless. It also means that my husband and I get to plan some fun adventures with the two kids who are still at home. So Sarah, I know we've talked before about how much the dynamic can shift when like you've got three and one goes and suddenly you're like, wow, like the two that are left maybe play together differently or have maybe there there's more peace because the one that went is the one that instigates, or maybe the ones who are left now have to figure out how to kind of get along because usually the other one is the buffer, you know, whatever. There's like so many dynamics that shift. Plus the kid who goes gets that one-on-one attention they're often craving. So it's like everybody wins. It's truly dividing and conquering um, in the best possible way. And she gets it for, you know, because they're doing a full week, that's three weeks that she gets to have in the summer with like one less kid and like a fresh experience with the kids who are left. Um, so she does say these three weeks are sometimes tough to squeeze into the calendar, but I'm always so grateful for the memories made. So I love that. I really love that too. And it is amazing how much the workload or the mental load does go down when you go from three to two. And this has happened for us a few times just this year. And my kids are older and they're self-sufficient. And I think, well, it's not going to be that different. It is. There's still one less mouth to feed, one less person to talk to. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to be negative about my kids, but when people ask us like, oh, what's the difference between two and three or three and four? Of course, it's a wonderful difference, but it is a difference. And if you go down a kid you will feel lighter in, in all kinds of ways and everything you just said about sibling dynamics and different opportunities for the family to, to like just shuffle itself around, not to mention the grandparent bonding. So I love that one too. Okay. So Kate has something that she calls a tradition. I'm going to call it a house rule. It fits right in with uh, the house rules that we've talked about. So in her house, you can stay up as late as you want in the summer, as long as you're reading. She says, my kids are seven and 10 and still go to bed quite early for their age. So they love the option to stay up late in their room as long as they have a book. It's also fun to find them with a book sitting over their face when I go in and say goodnight as they almost always fall asleep reading. So again, it's like Mm. mom changes the rules, but it's still serving mom's priorities, right? Like it's right. like, yes, the kids to feel like they're getting away with something, but, but really you just got them to read more, which is yeah. what you really wanted anyway. And they're doing it after hours. So they feel like it's yeah. a treat. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, well, this one reminded me of you, Sarah. So this is from Megan and she says muffin tin lunch started when my kids were little and is still popular in the summer months. I line one large muffin tin with silicone muffin liners and then fill each slot with different foods like fresh fruit, baby carrots, cheese cubes, cucumbers, black beans, shredded chicken, nuts, dried fruit, etc. And they get out cute little plates, spoons, and toothpicks and devour it. Um, she says it's also a great way to encourage younger kids to try new foods. Now that I think about it, it's basically a charcuterie board in little cups. I mean, you've done, you've talked about yeah. something very similar on the show before, but what I really love about this as it relates to summer traditions is this idea that like things that are maybe a little too casual to fly during the school year for no real reason, yeah. it's totally arbitrary, but it's a special treat because it's summer. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Why is this something we do in the summer? I don't know because it just is. Because it is. I love it very yeah. much. I didn't, when I used to do this and I think, I mean, I have like an Instagram post about this. That's like seriously 10 years old probably. But when I used to do it, I did not even line them with cute silicone muffin. I mean, it was a clean muffin tin, but I just put yeah. the food right in there. And the kids, my kids would still love this if I did it. And they are 14, 12 and nine. Something about tiny, something about a charcuterie board. Yes. 
And if you combine it with like like eating outside on the patio or something, yeah. it's like it makes it even more casual. And then who cares if they even spill it? Right. It's outside. Yeah. Feed it to the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So we got several that had to do with, um, I'm going to steal the lazy geniuses term again, opening ceremonies. So like something to do to kind of kick off summer or celebrate the last day of school. I won't read them all, but we had one family does a bonfire. One family makes s'mores. Um, lots of people said they go for ice cream or have ice cream for dinner, ice cream for lunch. So like a a running theme was to do something a little bit outside the norm to really mark the beginning of summer. But here is Tammy's, which I really love. Tammy says on the last day of school in June, my husband sets up a tent in the backyard and the kids and dad camp quote in quotes camp in the backyard to celebrate the start of summer vacay. She said, we've we've had to set up the tent in the playroom a couple of times due to bad weather, but it's a fun indicator that summer has begun. I really love that they don't even reschedule for bad weather. It's like, this is what we're doing. It's happening tonight and the tent will be set up. So I just think that's that's something that kids, school aged kids would just find so much fun. Um, We have done backyard campouts a few times in the last year and it's just it is special. Yeah. We used to do that when my kids were littler um, and have not as much and they just don't. They're like, mom, you take us camping enough. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also love that it's dad's camp out uh-huh. because moms typically, and I know this is a generalization, but moms typically do so much of the work, like the heavy lifting of the last month of school and of the most of the summer. Like most of the time we're the ones kind of in charge of the activities and the calendar and making sure like all the stuff gets home from school in the first place and all of that. So it's just nice that that first night is actually like dad's on duty. Yeah. I hope dad's putting the tent away too. Yeah, me too. And I, <laughs> I kind of picture mom inside, like, I don't know, watching Bridgerton or something, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. whatever she's into, right? Yeah. Reading a book. Totally. All right. Um, well, I love this one. This is like a, a little bit of a shorter version of like a kickoff event, but I liked this one in particular. Halston says we kick off summer by going to the half-priced bookstore to mm. stock up for summer reading. I don't even know where a half-priced bookstore might be near me, but I love that idea because it's like she's setting the tone um, that this is the way, like this is something that we're going to be doing this summer and we're going to invest in it. And like, I just, that feels very symbolic that that's the first thing they all do together. I love it too. And um, we did get quite a few good suggestions for kicking off summer reading. So again, I'll point you all back to the original Facebook thread because lots of people had book related ideas. I don't know if you're, do your libraries, Megan, have a secondhand bookstore that's affiliated with the libraries? So our bookstores do, or sorry, our library does, I want to say it's twice a year. Okay. Um, that they have a big book sale in the basement. Okay. But it's, it's goes on for a long time. Like it's an, a, a multiple weeks long event. And so I don't know that they're affiliated with any other used bookstores, though. Okay, so the way ours worked, and I'd be curious, like, I bet it's just different everywhere. But when I lived down in Orange County, it was so nice because most of the public libraries there had a Friends of the Library nonprofit or like adjacent, you know, library adjacent Mm -hmm. nonprofit. And it was it was like your basement book sale, but it was all year, all the time. And it was right in the same building. And we would just cycle through there almost every time we went to the library and it, I mean, you'd find weird books and treasures mm-hmm. and old books. Yes. And, um, it wasn't like ye old rare book, nice used bookstore, but it was like garage sale book hunting. And that was really right. fun. I haven't, I think there is something like that here in Santa Barbara, but I haven't seen it as like a brick and mortar actual room or section that's affiliated with the library. And that was really nice. I loved that. So 
I will also say that a couple of the different nonprofits that have, um, that have a thrift store attached. So, you know, they're all different. And like, there's, there's like the local church-based ones and things like that that are different from Goodwill or Salvation Army. And a couple of those have really nice little bookstores, like really nice used bookstores, better than I have found at your typical thrift store. That's not specializing in that. Right. So, yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're going to stick with the theme of like summer kickoff and this is from Heather and I love it for a lot of reasons. Let me set the tone that her kids are now 10, 11 and a half, 15 and 17. So she is still doing this. And I, I kind of love the idea of continuing these traditions, even when you're into the teenage years. Um, so she says, my four kids helped me decorate a welcome to summer banner that we string across our backyard gate area. They then <laughs> run through it together ripping it apart and we have a water balloon fight with whatever neighborhood kids are available to do it simple but a very tangible way to bring in the summer like literally they are break like running through the banner like they're crossing a finish line or something and she said they still placate me by doing it at 10 through 17 so i mean moms of younger kids if you start some of these silly traditions when they're too young to like know that they're silly and then you just keep keep going. I think sometimes the teenagers, like they might roll their eyes, but it, it still is like part of family culture. And I, I love it. I love that too. Um, that I'm just picturing my big monstrous <laughs> children. I don't know, like falling on each other in a yeah. big heap or something. And All that would be pictures and videos yeah. you get over the years. Like it, it'd be hard to start with a 15 and 17 year old probably, <laughs> but if, if they'd had to do it every year and they, and yeah. at the end they're doing a water balloon fight and having yeah. ice cream, like, yeah, I love yeah. it. That's really fun. So this is a really simple one from Morgan. Um, she says this summer they're planning to start dessert Wednesday. So every Wednesday they're going to go get dessert after dinner and choose a different local place each week till they run out of places and then they start over. Um, I love this because she, first of all, is not trying to take the kids all out to dinner every Wednesday, mm-hmm. which is a completely different thing. Dessert is doable. Dessert could happen an hour after dinner or right after dinner. So you know what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily have to look exactly the same every Wednesday. Um, It's a lot less expensive than going out to dinner. And she works full-time Monday through Friday. So she said it's kind of like a midweek treat for herself as well, which I also think anytime you can truly feel like something you're doing for your kids also feels like a treat for you, like truly feel that way. Yeah. (laughs) That is a bonus. Like that is a big win. Yeah, I love that. And I also I keep coming back to my kids being kind of um, a little bit entitled right now, which I actually do think is like a post pandemic thing when it comes to going out and getting treats. But I also love that this would allow you to try different dessert places and kind of decide ahead of time, because in my house, we do a lot of like, I like the ice cream at this place better, but I like the ice cream. It's like (laughs) we're going for ice cream. Good Lord. Right. Um, so intentionally, (laughs) intentionally visiting different places in your town is a really fun way to support local businesses. And also like, just kind of maybe get out of your routine, whatever your routine is. Okay. We're not quite done talking about books, Megan. And this is, this is next level. I would say it is simple, but it is next level smart. And it comes from Honey. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly, Honey. Uh, she says, I collect hand-me-down books from friends who want to clean out their children's book collection. I keep a box of books in my car with a big, happy, free books sign. I put the box out anytime we're at a beach or playground or music concert. 
even at the bottom of hiking trails. I love to look around at a playground and see kids taking a break to read. Free, easy, rewards beyond measure. I literally just kind of got a little bit of goosebumps because you know how I am with the children and their books. She's doing, she is like a book fairy for the whole community. She just drags out a box that says free books everywhere they go. I'm so inspired by this. I will report back if I actually do this. It is something I would do. Um, but I don't want to just say that and not deliver. So I will report back if I do this. It's amazing. I, I could totally see you being the book fairy for your <laughs> community, Sarah. Um, okay. So this one comes from Alicia and I love this because, you know, I love being a yes mom. I love saying yes to my kids. And I know that's, you know, sometimes people, um, like me say yes a little too much. And then sometimes there are moms who have a harder time saying yes. Right. And so this kind of, I think works for both. So she says, we add money to our rec center account so that every time we go to the pool, we say yes to the ice cream and popsicles they sell. And she says it costs maybe $40 for the whole summer. And it's just easier and more fun. Mom, just always say yes. But what I love is that there's a container around yep. it. It's like the the money's already spent. Um, so it's budgeted for. It doesn't feel like a death by a thousand cuts, like, yes. a, you know, a buck here, a buck there. It's like a preset decided amount, but it gives you the feeling like you're being spontaneous yep. and saying yes. So that's great. The other thing I love about this is I know from my own kids that there is nothing that gives them more delight, especially when they were like around the ages of, um, I'm going to say starting at about eight till like 12, where they're not quite, um, like they want autonomy, but they don't actually have their own money or like credit card or yeah. ability to buy stuff on their own. A lot of the time there is nothing my kids got a bigger kick out of than putting something on the tab. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So sometimes I would like take them to, I don't know if we were like going to go listen to music outside, like at a brewery or something, I would open a tab and just knowing that my kids would be able to go order like a root beer or get a bag of chips and put it on the tab. And they loved it so much. Like they felt like they were important or getting away with something or I don't know, or like, Times we visited friends at the yacht club in town. They're like, oh, you could just get to put your food on the tab. Like, what is the tab? Like free. It's like, it's like magic free food. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it just, it like plays to all of those fun things. It really does. And there is some, I think there's some spending and budgeting psychology, like you mentioned to that too, where it can feel like, oh gosh, these kids are always asking me for five bucks or like, I don't know how much we've spent this week on our, so that prepaid, there is some really powerful, like mental work you're doing for yourself to just be able to say yes and enjoy. Yeah. The last one I'm going to mention, I'm going to say this maybe is a little step up from simple, but it's really fun. And it is (laughs) Christmas in July from Jamie is the listener who said Mm -hmm. this. And she said, Christmas in July, pick a random rainy day, make a simple craft and cookie watch a Christmas movie and listen to Christmas music with a single strand of Christmas lights up. I mean, I, I really love this idea. I think sometimes the summer, the midsummer or that two thirds of the way through, you mentioned that Mm -hmm. Megan recently that like, it's like not soon enough to start planning for back to school, but you're past the halfway point. And it's just like, Oh, we're not near the end yet. Right. Christmas in July. That could be really fun. Okay. So the last one I'm going to share comes from Shelly. And I love this one because it's taking something that we've, you know, again, like none of these are reinventing the wheel, right? These are all things that anybody can do eating outside, going for ice cream, having a picnic, but this is very specific to this family. 
Um, she says, we're a farming family, so our summers are very busy with field work. And one tradition we have is field suppers. So they bring supper to the field so they can eat their meals with dad and he doesn't have to stop and come in the house. There's like something so Little House on the Prairie about yeah. this that I'm just like smiling so big. She says, sometimes it's pizza. Sometimes it's a full roast beef and potato meal sitting on a blanket in the field on the truck tailgate or even in our PJs, just dropping off a meal on the go is something very fun and meaningful for our family. And I just, I just love that. It just gives me all of the warm fuzzies. It does. And we have a lot of rural and farming families in our community. So I'm really glad we got to touch on that because that life is very different than say like some of the other examples we've given of suburban life or two working parents. And yeah, I love it. Love picturing that as well. Um, this was really fun. I again, encourage everybody to read all of the ideas. We will link up that Facebook thread in the show notes, which are also in whatever podcast player app you are listening to right now. Yeah. Megan, you are coming back in everybody's feed this Friday with a voices episode. Yeah. So I'm talking with our contributors, Jamie and Jennifer about, um, outdoors, like being outdoorsy with kids. And we're taking it from two very different sort of approaches where maybe for you, that looks like going to local parks and just being really familiar with the nature in your own backyard and maybe some little slightly more aspirational outdoorsiness with camping and backpacking and things like that. So, um, it's really fun. And yeah, that'll be this Friday. Awesome. I can't wait to hear that conversation. Also, don't forget, everyone, we have a great collection of travel-related podcast and blog content up at themomhour.com slash travel22. It's also really easy to find right from the homepage at themomhour.com. Um, we're going to be starting to roll out some fun travel guides for different cities around the country because we now have this amazing contributor team who lives all over the country. So there's going to be some fun blog posts coming out, including Megan, you and I writing with about things to do in the towns where we live, because we get asked about that all the time. We both live in touristy areas. So check the travel hub, um, watch our socials, and we'll be talking more about that as we kick off summer. So thanks for listening, everyone. We will talk to you soon. Talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. Right, just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.